Hello and welcome to another episode of the Let's Plan Your Wedding podcast. I'm your host, Danny C. with Danny Wedding Planning, and today we're going to talk about choosing wisely, guest list building, and considerations. Guest list is super important, as we know, because it's one of the four essential building blocks of the establisher phase of your wedding, which is your phase one that you're in right now, along with picking your date, considering your budget, and picking your venue. So let's dive in. So we've just learned about some budgeting considerations for your overall wedding. And now let's talk about how those budgeting considerations are going to speak specifically to your guest list planning. I also want to talk about some of the larger pros and cons of small parties versus large parties. And at the very end, we're going to talk about how exactly to build out your guest list, which is going to be your homework for the end of this episode. I hope at the end of this episode, you have some time carved out to begin building your guest list and to sit down and really get it done. You know, the the thing I hear the most is that people have this fear that with every person they're adding, there's an exponential increase in the cost. And I know a lot of people choose not to invite certain people solely based on the expense. But what I want to say is that while generally a 60-person wedding is less expensive than a 260-person wedding, it really depends on the scope of your wedding. Because an extremely formal black tie affair with a five-course meal for 60 people could actually be far more expensive than a taco truck in the park for 260 people. So the two aren't always increasing exponentially. Now, yes, each person does have per person item costs that increase the more that you add. Think about what they're consuming, food, drinks and alcohol, cake, and also what you need to set up for them. Rentals like tables and chairs, silverware, linens, even things like heat lamps and umbrellas. The more people you have, the more of those items you're either going to need to rent or buy as well as anything extra you want to provide per guest, like a favor or an invitation. But you can account for these, and you can improve upon these economies of scale by buying in bulk, borrowing things, or choosing less expensive options for the items we just talked about. But I want to warn any of my couples who are going to go that route, that with larger gatherings comes some hidden fees or hidden expenses that you should be aware of up front. One of these is staffing. Larger events may require paid staffing for setup and teardown, where smaller gatherings are more manageable in a DIY fashion. You know, for 60 people, 75 people, you may be able to ask a certain group of your friends or family to help with that setup and teardown at the end of the event. But if you're getting into the 200, 200 plus person range, it's probably going to be prudent to hire some paid staffing to set up all those tables and chairs all of the different um, items that have to be set up day of or after the event broken down and taken away. Parking may get more complicated with each person you add. Um, If you're going to increase your guest list, then you may want to consider hiring uh, valet parking to help guests park strategically, especially at private residences. That can be really important. Serving. Food and beverage service may require an attendant versus a self-serve bar or appetizer station. So if you've got a smaller wedding, maybe you can rely on people to go and serve their own drink from, you know, a a little beer section you've set up. But if there's a lot of people, you might want to think about having a bartender or having more bar stations to spread your guests out and to cut down on the lines that people are going to be waiting in to get what they want. And restrooms. With gatherings over, I would say, 100, additional portable restrooms may need to be rented either for private residents or even some venues might 
might tell you that they can't accommodate over a certain number um, and you need to bring on additional restrooms on site. You know, these aren't reasons not to accommodate more people. They're just sneaky costs you need to be aware of. But stepping back philosophically, I want you to go to your initial brainstorm for your wedding. If you listened to episode one, you made some keywords, some adjectives to describe your dream day and look back on those words. Is there something that speaks to the size of the gathering? Maybe you used words like intimate, special, formal. That might have you in your mind, you might be thinking a smaller gathering. Maybe you use the opposite end, party, inclusive, family. You were thinking in your head, a large gathering. So think about what what kind of your expectation is for the number you want um, before you dive into your wedding guest list. You know, from my experience, people usually ask me in the planning process what makes a really fun wedding or what makes a fantastic wedding. And I always say that the way to have the most fun wedding is to invite the most fun guests. This is my opinion here, but for me as an event planner, your party is your guest list. It doesn't matter kind of what you're doing as long as the people you're with are fun and excited to celebrate this day with you. And then on the other hand, you've dreamed of this day and it is a special elevated event. So these two philosophies, you know, are kind of melding. You want to prioritize people, but you also want to create a special environment. That balance is, is what you're in the process of striking right now as you hone in on the scope of your wedding. And I use that word a lot. Scope to me means the level of formality, the venue, the food and beverage package, the vibe, the details that tie themselves to an expense, and the elements you prioritize at the potential compromise of other details. I use that word also in a lot of cases to mean the formality level. Like I'm saying that five course meal for 60 guests is is a, a much bougier scope, a much like more expensive kind of higher end scope versus if you're willing to compromise on that to prioritize a larger guest list. So that's how I'm kind of using that word in this context. You know, at the end of the day, before we build out a list of what is going to become everyone you could invite to your wedding, I want you to consider with your partner briefly a couple of things. Do you like and thrive in large party environments? And does your partner? You know, I don't want to scare you, but I've seen weddings where couples were extremely uncomfortable and forced into a very on-the-spot tradition of giving a speech when they didn't want to, giving a custom vow, um, being the center of attention at a large ceremony. And if you feel like you get stage fright or you don't like being the center of attention, at this phase of the wedding planning, you can really think about some things that are going to make you feel more confident on the day of. Maybe it is a larger gathering, but you don't have to do that first look down the aisle of the ceremony. You can do it earlier with your partner or you guys can spend the morning together so that you can, you know, downplay some of those nerves of being at a larger gathering. You can have a private ceremony. You can exchange your vows privately before the ceremony. You can not have a photographer and videographer show up until the ceremony, you know, or you can have a smaller wedding and you can prioritize that because that's what's best for you. So I just want to bring that into the equation right now. Um, be mindful of, of where you are happiest and what's best for you. The second thing you want to think about is, do you have the capacity to plan a larger party? You're starting to see that the more people you invite might mean the more tables, um, more bar stations, the more you might need a seating chart because people need to know what tables to sit at. So there is a little bit more of a coordination that goes along with that. Um, And you might want to consider hiring a wedding uh, party planner if you don't feel like you have the capacity based on your job. You know, if the scope of the wedding increases when you look at your guest list, don't panic, but maybe consider offsetting that additional work 
by hiring a wedding planner. You might want to think briefly about having children at your wedding or not. You do not have to include kids, and you can also have some kids come to your wedding, your nieces and nephews who are going to be in the ceremony, but you don't have to extend that invitation to every guest to bring their children. So that's something that you can decide. Or you can think, yeah, we, we, it's a child-friendly wedding. We want kids there too. So that's something to think about as you build your guest list. And then lastly, do you have a number in mind? I think it's kind of fun just to guesstimate and to see how close you are to actually being on the money with the guest list. Generally, people think that it's going to be smaller than the number of people they end up building. Um, but just in your mind, is there a number that you think it's going to be or that you were hoping it was going to be? So without further ado, let's build your wedding guest list. Um, couples stall on this step. They do not do it before they venue shop. And I think that's a mistake. A lot of venues are going to have limitations on your guest list. So it's good to know what is possible to draw a circle around. You're always drawing a circle. And this is the phrase I use to just say making cuts. You know, you're, you're expanding that circle to include like kind of a whole another tier of cousins or whatever it is, or you're tightening it to keep your head count down. You're always going to have to draw a circle. So build out your guest list of everyone you could invite, and then you can make those choices. Um, I really encourage couples to use a computer. I think it's much easier to edit, to keep your data clean, easier to share and collaborate with others. And ultimately, it's going to be a better tool for using mail merge techniques if you're going to use that for your invitations. Also, we're going to prioritize capturing the numbers. There's going to be a lot of ways you can use this guest list. You want to capture the number of people, your overall head count. And that's something you're always going to be able to give to your caterer, your final guest list. You need to be tracking your RSVPs, and this can be a good place for that as well, as well as um, down the road using it to invite guests to both your wedding and any peripheral events by capturing their, their mailing addresses and their emails in this document um, so you can give them invitations to those events, engagement parties, bridal showers, everything coming up. You might even use this for seating chart making later down the road. But today we're really just trying to capture that number. So this is how I do it. This is how I build guest lists. I open up an Excel spreadsheet or Google sheet. I use the far left cell as a tracker. So I'm going to put the number of guests in that tracker. And I'm going to include guests, even though I'm going to list everybody, I'm going to include them as households. Anyone who's living together is going to share a column. So use the first column, obviously, to indicate what you're putting below. So I title the far left cell as number, the next cell next to it, first name, next cell, last name. And so if John and Sue Smith are getting invited to the wedding, they're a couple that lives together or, you know, a married couple if they share the last name, then underneath the number cell, I'm going to put two for two people. The next cell is going to be their first name, John and Sue. You can put an ampersand, you can put a plus sign, John plus Sue, and then the next cell for last name, Smith. I like having the last name as a different cell. You may want to alphabetize them at, at some level. Um, and then, you know, depending on if you want this to be an RSVB tracker, you might want to create a column on the right hand that says RSVP yes, RSVP no, RSVP maybe. And then as your RSVPs are coming in, you can use that area to track. Now, if you don't know how to create, um, you know, like to add cells at the bottom of the page, then find a quick YouTube tutorial because that's the purpose of that, those cells that have the numbers in them. 
I create a scenario where those are adding up um, when I'm adding all the new people so that I have a running total telling me how many people I'm up to. And then my kind of strategy for getting and capturing everyone in, in each person's family is to start with yourself, to list your parents, and to think about people sort of in, in these families. So if I'm thinking of my parents, I'm going to list my parents, their names, and then I'm going to list all my siblings. If they've got spouses and children, those are going to be in their column with them unless the children are at a different mailing address. Um, they've grown up, they're at college, they're they're older now, they have their own spouses, then they get their own column and they get their own kind of family line. Once I've done my parents, I would go to my mother's side, my mom's parents. Um, if one of them isn't with you anymore, you list just any grandparents there that are still with you and all of the siblings of one side, my mom's side. And then those siblings, their spouses, their children all get their own cells if they're in their own families as well as moving then over to my father's side, my father's parents, and any siblings he has, as well as any children they have going down. So you kind of extend the family tree by moving upwards, you know, to the eldest, and then capturing everybody as their, their branches extend downward. You may even need to go over to a great aunt or a, a great uncle, which would then bring you into some cousins. And, you know, my theory is to put them on the list and then highlight or indicate if you feel like they might be someone you need to cut to save on space or, you know, because you're not super close with them. I still think it's important to list them initially and tell your partner that because it can be kind of stress inducing as they fill in more and more of these cells and the numbers are skyrocketing. But put them on the list. And then um, even if you want to take them over to a separate page that you've created, you know, have your guest list titled as one page, and then you can have something called an overflow list, a B list, or, you know, a, an alternate list, whatever you want to call it. Um, I actually very firmly believe in a B list. I know that that sounds mean. So if you want to call it something else, flex list, whatever, um, that's fine. But have a place just so that you don't forget about those people. If you do want to slot some people in as people are unable to make it, you can pull from that list or even just make sure that you've you made the right decision by having their names there to be considered. You know, and that's it. I hope that you guys have some time to work through both of your families and then work together to create your friends. That's usually a little easier to brainstorm together. Um, you can consider giving, sharing this, um, and giving editing capabilities to your parents if you think that's wise. Obviously, a big decision to allow them to add people to your list um, down the road. You can always add them as someone who can edit to fill in mailing addresses and things like that. Um, but even maybe getting on the phone with your parents to make sure you've gotten everybody that they were thinking of, or they might want to write their list out on a piece of paper and shoot you a photo. Um, but really control and keep the data clean in your list. You might even want to like add up, you know, how many people are on your side, how many people are on your partner's side and see kind of what the numbers are looking like. And if you're comfortable with that split and everything. My last piece of advice, don't be afraid of numbers. Write everybody down. Let that number grow to a, a place you're not comfortable with. It's okay. It's likely that that's going to happen. It usually does with couples. It's going to get really big. That's going to scare you. Um, but stay calm. Don't be afraid of numbers. Write everything down and then take a breath and then start to think about where you're going to draw your circle. Good luck and we'll see you next time.